Chapter 8 of Catherine de Bora, or Social and Domestic Scenes in the Life of Luther. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Wilson. Catherine de Bora, or Social and Domestic Scenes in the Life of Luther, by John G. Morris. Chapter 8. Character of Catherine it must be acknowledged that there is nothing remarkably striking in the history of catherine de bora considered apart from her relation to her illustrious husband she was distinguished by no extraordinary talents or surprising act of heroism after her marriage she has left no literary monument to perpetuate her memory nor any public institution founded by her munificence she was nothing more than the virtuous woman so eloquently described by king solomon in the last chapter of the book of proverbs but she was that in an eminent degree a noble dignity and temperate self-reliance were the fundamental traits of her character hence though dependent upon others for support she possessed sufficient independence of mind to reject several brilliant offers of marriage and showed herself worthy of luther her resolution to exchange the noiseless cloister for a life of honorable and useful activity in the disturbed world without displayed not only a noble courage in the certain anticipation of poverty and persecution but also a strong confidence in god it is more than probable that she read many of luther's writings as soon as they appeared not actuated by a blind curiosity but with a sincere desire to ascertain the truth and to derive from them instruction for heart and head afterwards during her married life she took every opportunity of correcting and enlarging her religious views although as the result of the spirit of that age and of her previous monastic training she was not profoundly educated yet luther esteemed her as a woman possessing a noble dignified independent spirit in whose feelings and opinions he found an echo of his own pious in the proper sense of the word she found her highest enjoyment in solitary communion with god and those hours which she devoted to the attentive reading of the scriptures were always the most happy to this profitable exercise she was often exhorted by her husband and she followed his advice said she i hear a great deal of the scriptures and read them diligently every day in writing to jonas on one occasion luther says she is a diligent reader of the bible she shows deep earnestness in this duty she faithfully attended the public means of grace also and with her christian brothers and sisters worshipped god in the sanctuary she was devotedly attached to the doctrines of the reformation and one of her dying prayers was for their preservation and purity to the end of time she never neglected her domestic duties to her husband in all the relations of his active life she was the most affectionate companion in his sickness the most faithful nurse in his troubles the most tender comforter to her children she was a most gentle mother in her household affairs she was a model to all in regard to cleanliness order and neatness to her domestics and dependents a condescending and indulgent mistress she was liberal without extravagance economical without meanness hospitable without ostentation her questions and opinions still preserved in luther's writings show a strong desire for mental improvement 
an enlightened understanding, a clear and dispassionate penetration. This elevated intellectual character of Catherine, connected with her lofty independence and self-confidence, created a distaste for the company of other less cultivated and less dignified ladies, for the glory of her husband also encircled her head, and the house of Luther was the central point of union of the distinguished men of that day. Hence we need not wonder that by the envious he was accused of pride. It is true that now, after the lapse of three hundred years, there may be many more refined and accomplished women than Catherine was, for she was not distinguished for learning or science, but none exceed her in that pious Christian disposition which was so forcibly expressed in her words and actions. Her lively temperament and affectionate heart admirably qualified her to feel the warmest sympathy in the diversified events of her husband's life, and most kindly to participate with him in his joys and sorrows. But above all, it was not less her pious disposition than her persevering faith which identified her so completely with himself. Whenever the opposition of the enemy disturbed the quiet of the husband, Catherine never faltered for a moment, and proceeded to administer consolation to his dejected heart. During the prevalence of a contagious disease in 1527, her confidence in God was not unshaken, so that Luther could in truth write, Catherine is yet strong in the faith. Also, as a widow, when she was subject to attacks of sickness and adverse circumstances, her equanimity never entirely failed. She was especially solicitous about her children, and devoted all the energies of body and mind to their welfare. It cannot be denied that Catherine partook of the common lot of mortals. She had her faults and infirmities, but they are all overshadowed by those numerous exalted virtues which are not always found united in one person of her sex. She was a pattern of every domestic and Christian virtue, of righteousness and good works to her generation, and may the daughters and wives of present day imitate her example, and profit by the practical lessons which her life has taught. If she could make no pretensions to personal beauty, still she possessed not a little that was attractive. She was of medium size, had an oval face, a bright, sparkling eye, an expansive, serene forehead, a nose rather small, lips a little protruding, and cheekbones somewhat prominent. Erasmus speaks of her as a woman of magnificent form and extraordinary beauty, but Seckendorf says this is an extravagant picture of her. The later opponents of Luther agree with Erasmus in representing her as very beautiful and falsely charge the reformer as being attracted only by her personal charms. Mainborg says, among the nuns, there was one named Catherine von Bora, whom Luther found to be very beautiful, and whom, on that account, he loved. Virilis and Basuit report that he married a nun of high rank and uncommon beauty. Chardon de la Rochette relates the following fact. I have found the likeness of Luther and his wife in a lumber room in Orleans, where they are in great danger of going to ruin. I will bet that there is no man who would not wish to have so beautiful a wife as Catherine von Bora. It is the first time that I have seen her picture, and it justifies the opinion which Bossuet has expressed of her appearance. She has a noble, expressive, and animated face. But Luther himself says of her, A wife is sufficiently adorned and beautiful when she pleases her husband, whom she ought to please. Her likeness was frequently painted 
and at various periods of her life by the distinguished artists of that age such as cranach senior cranach junior and hans holbein junior cranach senior painted her likeness in oil colors sixteen times and the other artists mentioned several times each many of these original portraits are still to be seen in the various picture galleries of europe there are extant more than forty different copperplate and wood engravings of her likeness it has also been transferred to porcelain ware and other articles of domestic use a number of medals containing her likeness have been struck to commemorate her virtues and plaster casts of the bust of full life-size have also been made all this shows the high esteem in which she has ever been held by those who can appreciate exalted virtue and genuine christian character as a proof of her artistic skill and her proficiency in ornamental needlework even in that distant age there is to this day exhibited in the vestry room of the cathedral at merseburg a blue satin surplice which she embroidered for her husband and which he wore on the occasion of some great solemnity and in the former university library at wittenberg they still show a likeness of luther neatly and elegantly worked in silk by catherine but these works will perish whilst the results of her faith hope and charity will endure forever end of chapter eight end of catherine deborah or social and domestic scenes in the life of luther by john g morris